Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday. Good. It's a good Friday. All Fridays are good Fridays. Yeah, it's I know about time. There's been a long time. I know there's specific time. good Fridays, but it's a it's a Friday. It's been mm-hmm. a whole week since we've had a Friday. We're back on a Friday, Matt. Yeah, we've made it, guys. <laughs> this is the Locked on Spartans podcast. My name is Will Hunter. That is Matt Sheehan. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in to today's episode on the docket. We are going to uh, spend a good amount of time previewing Michigan State and Wisconsin. Michigan State looking to bounce back uh, after that thudding at the hands of Purdue, welcoming in um, what has been a really good Wisconsin team uh, over the last you know month of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll definitely dive into that from a number of different angles. Um, but to start, I do want to do some football things. And I was going to, we were going to talk about Mark D'Antonio's contract um, or whatever, the, the, the uh, retention the bonus, bonus yeah. that he got. And I think we should talk about that a little bit, but I do want to talk about something else that I think is more interesting. So right. we'll do all that here in just a minute. A reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts, and we're still taking submissions for mailbag. We'll pick it up next week and finish off the mailbag. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com at will underscore underscore hunter, 1L2 underscores at Sheehan underscore sports on the Twitter machine. So uh, with all that said, let's jump into today's episode. Sure. Why not? Okay. So the one thing that, because I don't want to have the debate whether Mark D'Antonio deserves the retention bonus or not. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a much longer discussion. I just think, um, I don't think, I, I guess, I feel like I know that we're, some people are looking at uh, looking at the, it, it, it incorrectly. I will just flatly say it like that. And I think you're doing this, or what you said yesterday um, made it seem that way. Um, and, and please don't take this the wrong way because it's kind of a semantics thing. Oh, I never take um, anything the wrong way. It's, <laughs> it's college sports. It doesn't matter. No, I know. Um, it's a semantics thing that I think is important to make a distinction. So uh, I, I, I got a lot of people saying to me and saying to other people, you know, because this was lighting up MSU Twitter earlier in the week, that, well, what Mark D'Antonio did with the program, you know, he earned this bonus, right? He He's earned it over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just, and again, a matter of semantics, but it's factually incorrect. Um Mark D'Antonio renegotiated his contract after the college football playoff, signed a new deal. Um, and what he earned in that new deal was not this bonus. He earned the ability to potentially have this bonus. Um, he earned at that time the extension, right? The, the sort of Spartan for life deal, which is a seven-year rolling contract that extends by a single year with a pay raise every single year. Like it's a really nice contract that he earned. Absolutely not going to dispute that. Uh, He earned the pay raise that he got at that time and earned the ability to be, you know, even at the time, if he would have bumped up his salary to somewhere in like the $5 million range for base salary, where he would have been a top 10 paid coach, would he would have earned that too. Like that, I'm not disputing any of that. That's what he earned over the first, you know, nine years of his, coaching tenure at Michigan State. This bonus, however, was contextual. It, it relied upon terms set in the future. And for him, the only term was he was still the head coach 
uh, January 15th through January 15th, 2020. Now, that's an easy term, and I guess, yes, he reached that term, and through that distinction, he did fulfill the terms of the contract to earn it. That's fine. Um, The issue and where the actual argument, I think, is in the discussion to be had, which, again, is a longer discussion, is did Mark D'Antonio do enough over the last four years to earn that retention bonus by still being the coach? Should something have happened? Should he been let go at a certain point? And again, you sort of hinted at this yesterday. Mark D'Antonio wasn't going anywhere. He was always getting that bonus. Mm-hmm. He's he's not leaving the university until he decides to. Um, that is all administrative stuff, stuff we've talked, you and I have talked a ton about. And is much more has <laughs> much more depth than well. Did they have enough wins or did they lose too many games? It, it goes beyond that. So we knew he would. There was never a doubt he would get this bonus money. And there was even talk if he had retired after the pinstripe bowl, say that he would still get this money just as a thank you. Yeah. Not yeah. We're not talking about that. It's more about you know this four point three million dollar payment is not a thank you or shouldn't be a thank you for the 2013, 14, 15 years. It is because of those years that he could even put this clause in the contract. Um, the the $4.3 million was uh, of him staying and being the coach at this specific date, which is a really easy term to fill. Um, but that's a massive dollar figure. It's a massive lump sum payment. He'll be the second highest paid coach in college football next year um, because he's basically doubling his salary. Um, he'll, he'll make more than Dabo Sweeney before bonuses and stuff kick in. It'll be Nick Saban, then it'll be Mark D'Antonio, uh, and then Dabo Sweeney. So it's a lot of money, and it's a huge bonus. And again, we're not going to debate whether or not uh, he deserved it based on the last four years, but I just wanted to make that point that that bonus is not... If he, if he earned it in 2013, 14, 15, they would have given it to him up front and been like, you know what, you get this $4 million. And they essentially did... They essentially did by saying, you know, just stay around for four years and you get four extra million dollars. So it's not a hard thing to meet, Um, but there's a differentiation there, um, which is kind of where there was some friction, uh, I feel, on the uh, the old Twitter machine, which is rare, Matt. There's never disagreement there. Not on my Twitter. No, not in not not on Al Gore's Internet. Never, (laughs) ever, ever, ever. It is Al Gore's Internet. Um, But I actually what I want to talk about um, it is kind of in well, the same that, vein. That was a deep sigh. That was a deep sigh. I, I, I sense a fun topic coming up after that. It's it's in the same vein. So All right. this keeps happening, and the more it keeps happening and the less it keeps happening, which will make sense in a second, the more frustrating it gets. But did you see the headline with Michigan football today? Uh, no, not really. I wasn't really uh, on the Twitter too much today. And sure. when I was, it was just baseball bonanza, baby. It was great. <laughs> oh my God. So no, I, I, was, I missed uh, any Michigan oh, news. A banner day for the for baseball. A great day on Twitter for baseball. A plus. Uh, also a terrible day. Oh, Twitter, completely awful. Baseball. But hey, I mean, sometimes an awful day is a great day. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> there so, you go. Yep. Um, so Michigan hired Bob Shoup, who... Um, as defensive coordinator at Mississippi State with Joe Moorhead before he uh, got fired 
and then was D coordinator at Tennessee and Penn State, the stops before that. Like a well-regarded, respected defensive coordinator. They just hired him to like be part of their staff. Just to hang out and just like play go yeah, fish with I, Harbaugh. I didn't often. see it. Yeah, Don Brown's the coordinator. Maybe he's Shoop. I think Shoop is a secondaries guy. So maybe he's like coaching safeties and defensive assistants, something like that. Gotcha. But they, they added someone with good pedigree who's been around, who's coordinated good defenses. And they brought him in. They, they said, you know what? We got a good DC. We got a, a good thing going here on defense. Let's bring in someone else. Let's see how we can make this better. And this isn't a specific to Michigan thing because this is something that happens all over the place seemingly. And every time it's happening, you see teams, coaches, uh, you know, getting brought in all the stuff that's going on, and then you look and Mark D'Antonio is in a deposition for a lawsuit and his staff is on vacation, and then they're not doing anything. Nope, it is the uh, personification of the mem, or meme, however you want to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> meme. Of, God, no, I'm not going to do this again. Um, of Squidward looking outside of his dark and gray room to see SpongeBob yes. and Patrick prancing and dancing in the yes. front, having all sorts of fun, and we are just Squidward, just watching every other college program do <laughs> yes. things that make sense. Not, nothing even really jazzy, nothing spicy. Just trying stuff. Just attempting to win games and build a good staff. <laughs> and uh, we're just here in our dark little room staring at it's, all these teams having a blast. So. It's truly wild. I wanted to run a, a hypothetical scenario by you, and we never got the time to earlier in the week, um, just to illustrate this point, And I think this is a perfect time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, Joe Brady took the coordinator job with the Carolina Panthers. You saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so... Joe Brady was at LSU and was a passing game coordinator and was primed for either a huge raise to stay at LSU or an upgrade like he did with the OC job with the Carolina Panthers in the mm-hmm. NFL. So he, I'm sure, was on a wish list for anybody with an opening. And yeah. everyone's like, what can we do to get Joe Brady? So let's say Oregon, right? Oregon had their OC spot open. I think USC sort of maybe was in flux There's some different spots but let's just say like a headline came across and said Oregon hires Joe Brady as offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. would you have been shocked (sighs) like or what would your reaction have been probably Uh, a a furrowed brow is is what it would have been I would have been like hmm so I don't know what 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 was what would yours have been you're you're the more level-headed one between us (laughs) I would just be like, oh, that sort of makes sense. Okay, he wanted an OC job. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and Oregon's a good school. Let's say Alabama hired him as offensive coordinator. My, my surprise would have been in like, wow, I'm surprised LSU didn't fork over the cash to keep him. I guess like mm-hmm. I just can't get over that like but you part would, of it. But would you have been surprised that Alabama did that? No, not necessarily. Let's say Texas. Money let's talks. Say, I mean, Let's say Texas ran in there and poached him. Would you have been like, wow, I can't believe Texas made a move like that? No, like all, all these oil-rich uh, <laughs> programs, no. Like all, all the old money programs that just have yeah. the, the infinity sign as their budget, no. It's, it's it's tough to be surprised. I get the whole like rivalry thing and stuff like that, but everyone's got a price tag. Money talks. Oh, you're right. Everyone has a price tag. Let me run one more by you. Sure. Uh, Joe Brady hired as Michigan State offensive coordinator. Not a chance. Not a single chance. Uh, I would have thought that Dan Gilbert himself walked into the program and held everyone hostage and said, look at this, I got a bag of money. We are going to give this to Joe Brady, and I'm not leaving until you call him and get him over to East Lansing. Anything short of that hypothetical, no, I would not believe you. So yeah, not so. 
Graham Couch could have reported it, and I would have been like, you're lying. You're just making that up. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it until the fifth game of the 2020 season <laughs> coming up. That's that's how long it would have taken for me to actually believe that. So, no, not not in a million, bajillion, gazillion years. Uh, yeah. What about, that. like, it's Penn State? Because he was an assistant there. Penn sure. Penn State had an opening. Yeah, oh, yeah, got you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Notre yep. Dame had an opening. Notre Dame hires Joe Brady. Just, just keep on shot? naming football programs that take football serious. I mean, just, yeah. just keep on doing that. I'm going to give you a yes every <laughs> single time. That, that, yeah, I can believe he was hired there. Yep, and and that's the point. Michigan State now sitting in a zone where, like, yeah, they made a bold move. Good job. Like, Tennessee hires Joe Brady. You're like, oh, I Tennessee's trying to get back in the game here. They've had a rough couple of years, but they're really stepping it back up. They want to compete in the SEC. Like, mm-hmm. Even a school that has been as laughable as Tennessee, yeah. you would have been like, yeah, I could see that. Oh, but sure. If- oh, Tennessee's got some big money down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 UCLA hiring Joe Brady. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a little surprising, but hey, USC. Oh, Chip Kelly is desperate, some- desperate. Okay. Yeah, All right. They're let's putting get- some money behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Michigan State. You're like, yeah, fake headline. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. So that I just Max- wanted a little thought experiment to illustrate that point. I was thinking like, about that. I was like, yeah, that's kind of where they're at good. right now. Well, that was fun. Yeah. As if I didn't think any less about uh, the program lately. <laughs> that's That's good. That I can't even let us fictionally hire uh an up-and-coming offensive coordinator this is good this is healthy good yep all right let's uh talk about wisconsin basketball come to the bretton center we'll do that here in just a second okay matt all right well let's let's talk wisconsin basketball let's do it Um, Uh, this team irritates me (laughs) stop me if you've heard this before this wisconsin team yeah is pretty efficient on offense oh well yeah more efficient on defense oh and they are one of the slowest paced teams in the entire country. That's not my Wisconsin. Wow, that's <laughs> that's hard to believe. Oh man, wow. Is, is Bo Ryan back? Uh, he might as well be. Let's just, you know what? Here's your analysis. Uh, this game is first team to sixty. All right. Uh, see you on Monday for our next episode. Uh, have a good weekend, everyone. That's so long. That's gonna do it for us here on Locked On Spartans. Yep, that's it. Um. Yeah, here's just some point totals in some of their games. And I'm not even going to say if it's Wisconsin's or the other teams because it doesn't matter. So, uh, 52, 52, 50, 54, 48, 37, 57, 49, 54, like these are okay. First team to fifty totals. wins. Never mind. Forget <laughs> I said sixty. <laughs> Some of them are theirs. Oh, there's a fifty I missed. They lost to New Mexico fifty nine to fifty. Wisconsin's having a weird season, man. And, 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 then, and I get yeah. that. You know, they got a really great player to return uh, halfway mm-hmm. through the season, and, in, yeah, in, yep. in Micah Potter. You know, yep. That's that's gonna help some things. But like, man, what a wild season this has been to like just <laughs> get off, get off the starting blocks. Stumbling, <laughs> tripping, getting up again, tripping one more time, and then you know with both their scraped knees, scraped elbows, you're a little woozy, banging out three straight wins against ranked teams. I mean, yep. that's great. Yep. Okay, awesome. Yep. Just heating up right on time for their visit to Breslin Center. Great. They might they might have the best win in the conference. They went to Ohio State and beat Ohio State mm-hmm. before Ohio State was stumbling. This was right. like maximum power Ohio State. Yeah. Yep. Um, beat Penn State on the road too. Ranked Penn State. Um. And yeah, just beat Maryland at home, fifty-six to fifty-four. <laughs> Maryland are. is f- truly, truly physically incapable of playing anywhere outside of College Park. It's it's unbelievable how bad they are on the road. It is staggering. Um, so yeah, Wisconsin is good. 
Uh, they're 21 in adjusted efficiency, 42 on offense, 23 on defense. Their pace, 351st in the country. And an average tempo it. game, they're playing 62 possessions, Matt. They had 56 possessions against Maryland. Oh my goodness gracious. My <laughs> goodness gracious. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't even know how that's mathematically possible to have I don't, 56 I don't care to dive into the numbers. I just don't care to do it. <laughs> It's so terrible. This is going to be so upsetting. I am getting so drunk before the game tomorrow. <laughs> I am blasting myself to the moon just just to have oh, the ability to watch this game. Okay. Yeah. So they started off, as you alluded to, um, five and five. They beat really bad teams, although they did beat a good Marquette team, which is a nice win for them early in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to St. Mary's, who's solid, but it's, you know, it's St. Mary's. Lost to Richmond, who's not very good uh, on a neutral spiders. court. Yes, of yeah. Course. Lost to New Mexico. New Mexico's a hundred and tenth in Ken Palm on a neutral court. Lost to NC State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, and lost by fifteen to NC State. Um, then they beat Indiana. Lost to Rutgers before we knew Rutgers was actually pretty good, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. sitting at five and five, yep. one and one in the conference halfway through December, yep. and. Dear God, was their season over. They were 51st in adjusted efficiency. They were a mess. They had a coming to Jesus, coming to any <laughs> any God that you believe in. They had a coming to, to them moment in that 10-day break between Rutgers and Milwaukee yep. and said, you know yep. what? Yep. Let's try winning basketball games. Let's try doing that. And uh, yeah, yep. it's worked out for them. Yep, yep. They reel off a, a few nice, easy wins. Tennessee in the middle there, and Tennessee's uh, down a bit this year, but still an okay team. So an uh, To a go road on the win. road, though, to Tennessee yeah. and beat them by 20, though, it's yeah. like, oh, it man, is Wisconsin actually good this year? Dang yeah. it. That was Shoot. They needed that. Yeah. Um, and then they followed up, beat Ohio State on the road at full power, lose mm-hmm. a close one to Illinois, yep. and Illinois's good. Um, And then they go on the road, beat Penn State, and beat uh, ranked Maryland team at home. So they have fully rebounded. They're sitting at second place in the Big Ten at 4-2, 11-6 on the season. And um, they went from 51st in adjusted efficiency to now 21st in the last month. I wish they hadn't. I wish they hadn't. I wish they hadn't either. Yep, Um, but hey, here we are, and there's nothing we can do to fix it except beat them. (laughs) Um, And they've got a number of actually, like, unsurprisingly like good players and they're still sort of uh figuring some stuff out I, i've been reading up and like Demetric trice hasn't really gotten it going yet yeah. for them brad davidson is not a brad davison is not shooting it uh particularly well um you know nate reavers brevin pritzel um uh, we know these names kobe king yep. um you know i but, cannot believe that pritzel is still at wisconsin that's completely and utterly unbelievable that he, he is, is still there. Uh, yeah, he's one of the um, our nominees this year for the Perry Ellis Award. Absolutely. A hundred percent, yes. Brevin Pritzel. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you alluded to it earlier, and we can talk about him here just for a minute. Um, they are seven and one, one yes, or six, six and one since Micah Potter returned mm-hmm. um, for them. And he is immediately jumped up to he's only played seven games uh you know so he, he missed the the first whatever month and a half mm-hmm. comes back and he's using 30 percent of the possessions um 31 of shots uh he has jumped immediately back into like you're the guy um yeah 
and <laughs> they've responded in kind. And it's not shocking because Micah Potter is a, a really good player. Um, we actually, I, I don't know, did you, do you remember much of him at Ohio State? Close to zero, to be honest. Yeah, he didn't play a ton, so he transferred to Wisconsin from Ohio State, sat out last year. Mm-hmm. Um but played his first two years there, and I was like, I was like, man, I don't really remember a, a ton of big Micah Potter moments. Um, and you know, he had nice, decent stats for a young player. Um, but this year, his usage rate has bumped up, like we just mentioned. He's shooting fifty percent from three. Yeah. Uh, as a six foot ten, two hundred and fifty pound center. Yeah. Um, on decent volume, he takes two a game, so it's not like a, a lights out situation. But he can do it. He's shooting ninety four percent from the line. Um, he's drawing six fouls per 40 minutes. His block percentage, uh, is good. His defensive rebounding, his offensive rebounding are both really good. He doesn't qualify because he hasn't played, um, enough games in terms of national ranks, but as soon as he does, he's going to shoot up and be one of the better players, um, in the conference, in the country, in terms of a lot of statistics. He's this is really just, good. It is maddening that I'm, I'm looking at a split of 54, 50, and 94. Yeah. <laughs> That's his shooting percentages from the field goal three-point and free throws. And he's only averaging 10.1 points a game. Like, Wisconsin basketball is just so infuriating. <laughs> like, he had a 54, 50, and 94 shooter. Dude. A, a, a smooth 10 points per game. Like, so, come on. How are you not at least at the 14 mark? <laughs> He, um, it, it is insane, and maybe that'll be the saving grace because they are they're clearly working him back in. Yeah, right. He hasn't um, started any games, only playing yeah. like fifteen minutes per game. But yes. like, man, you'd really think <laughs> that you could get him out there just a tad more is if he's numbers. as wet as he is. Like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> the guy's so, got a wet jumper. I'll just I'll rip through these real quick, and then we'll go on to the next segment and talk about some team stuff. But sure. he played 13 minutes against Maryland, scored 14 points. He played 28 minutes against Penn State, 24 points. 15 against Illinois, 13 points. Uh, Ohio State, 11 minutes, only 4 points. Uh, Milwaukee, 13 minutes, 12 points. Didn't score against Tennessee in just a few minutes. And Ryder uh, only had 4 points in 18 minutes. But, like, in conference play... He's kind of almost averaging a point a minute. Like, he's just shy. He's like 0.9 points per minute. Um, and if you extrapolate that, Matt, over a 30-minute <laughs> stretch, that person's going to score in the mid to high 20s. Yeah, um, he yeah, sure he's been light, is. He's been lighting it up. Uh, he's really good. He is. He went from, you know, a rotational-type player to at Ohio State, and now he's a fourth-year junior. Um, and it looks like he's kind of taken a leap. Um, and it's tough cause there's not a huge sample size right now, but the sample size that there is, is really good for him. And he is going to be a problem and he totally changes the dynamic of this Wisconsin team. Ever since I bought these tickets, uh, yeah, Wisconsin is yeah. Six and one. Great. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And this kid's balling out teams coming together. I, I, I am feeling not as confident about this game as I was on that snowy actually it wasn't snowy at all that cold december 21st night um but man yeah you just can't control right. some things you know let's uh let's pause here we'll come back and talk about some team specific stats and some other guys uh to look out for okay so uh just real quick run through uh wisconsin doesn't shoot it great right um they take care of the ball on offense they don't rebound it particularly well and they don't get to the free throw line so they're mm-hmm. they're just an okay offense and again 
Potter kind of changed some of this. These are season-long numbers. Uh, defensively, they do a decent job limiting shot percentage. Uh, they don't turn teams over. They rebound it well, and they do not foul. So kind of a, a typical Wisconsin team. They're really, they play the pack line stuff. They do stuff similar to Michigan State. Um, and a lot of their early season numbers, I think, are really weighing them down. So that gotcha. is important to note. Um, but they're not world beaters, Matt. Um They've got no. good. They've got good players. Uh, like Dimitri Trice has been struggling. Brad Davidson, like I said, is is shooting thirty two percent on threes. Dimitri Trice is the same, and they're super high volume guys. Uh, Aleem Ford takes a ton of threes, shooting thirty percent. Nate Reavers takes a lot of threes, shooting thirty percent. Kobe King takes a decent amount, twenty nine percent. Are you seeing the theme? I am. Um, those are uh, relatively low numbers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're a mediocre three point shooting team, um, and they take a lot of threes. Ha- almost half their shots are threes. So we'll see. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a slow paced, painful, awful game because that's what Wisconsin wants to do. Yeah, uh, we know how this works. Though, if you can get out and run on them a little bit and and speed them up a bit, mm-hmm. you can totally fluster them and get them off their game and, and crush them. Um, but Wisconsin's going to want to play this game slow. They're going to want to shoot threes and try to be as efficient with their possessions as possible. And, you know, they don't really shoot it well. They, they win a lot with defense. Like a, they beat Maryland 56 to 54. They beat Penn State 58 to 49. They beat Ohio State 61 to 57. They're two losses in conference play. Tell me if you see, sense a theme here, Matt. Mm-hmm. Rutgers scored 72 points. Illinois scored 71 points. Barn burners. Yeah. Just run and shoot barn burners. (laughs) Woo! And in their win against Indiana, um, Indiana only scored 64. So basically, if you get to 70, you beat Wisconsin. Okay. Doable. Doable? Doable. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this after coming off a game where MSU just scored 42 points, but doable, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Michigan State's going to have to shoot it well and... Math suggests they'll be a little bit better because um, they weren't particularly great their last couple of outings. From three, you would think Cassius Winston uh, would do okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that he could have the ability to bounce back uh, after a rough <laughs> performance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about Cassius, but he, he might be up to that. He might. He, w- he went for 23 points, uh, six assists, six rebounds last year. Against Wisconsin in a matchup where he saw a bunch of Demetri Trice and he saw a bunch of um, Brad Davison de- defensively. Yep, so guy. it's going to be the same thing this year. Uh, you like that matchup for sure. Um, you know, we'll see. It's funny. So Micah Potter, I'm going to be really interested to watch what Michigan State does with him because Nate Reavers plays a ton for them. He starts at center for them. He's uh, like their big dude he's 611 um and, and i don't think they use potters and reavers a ton together gotcha. although it seems like they could because reavers can stretch the floor and he's just not playing many minutes so it's it's tough to get a read maybe this is the game where they unleash the the potter reavers lineup but like their most frequent lineups over the past five games that of the top 10 lineups not a single one has them together so i imagine you know whichever person is out there um 
will fluctuate like, okay, it's Potter, we need Bingham out there on him, or it's Potter, we need Tillman, whatever they go with matchup-wise. And I'm just sort of intrigued to see how Michigan State defends that because once you get past that, and Reavers does a good job uh, getting to the free throw line and is efficient player from two as well. He's their second highest usage guy. Beyond those two, um, Wisconsin's really struggled to score the ball much. Um, like I said, they're not shooting it well. They don't get to the free throw line a ton. They shoot it well when they get there, but they don't get to the free throw line a ton at all. Um, and they just don't have a bunch of, I guess, playmaking types. Um, do they have a guy who's balding who shoots 8% from three in the season, though? <laughs> do they have that? I feel like that could, could be a concern. They have Brevin Pritzel, who I don't. I don't know if Brevin's mm. bald. Let me look up a picture. Uh, I, I I think his hairline's doing okay. It's, I think it fine. is. Um, yeah. but Brevin Pritzel's the guy. Yeah, it's his hairline's looking all right. All right, all right. Yeah, it's still strong. Yeah, we we know Brevin Pritzel. He's one who could be you know if you want to call him kind of an X factor in this game because he doesn't start. He plays. That's fair. Yeah. He, he plays twenty or so minutes, um, and in those twenty minutes, he's going to try to get up four or five threes. Uh, and if he hits three of them, if he hits four of them, you know, that's really going to make a huge difference, uh, for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the check. Ken Palm like predicted score? Yep, I was what, just going to, I was just going to get to that. Um, Ken Palm has this 69, 62 Michigan state, okay. um, with 64 possessions. That is a 73% chance of victory for MSU. Okay, fine. I'll take it. I'll take so, it. I, I think I'd take Wisconsin plus seven if, if that's going to be the actual spread in Vegas. We don't know that yet, but uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's about where I expected it to be. It should be less. It should be like four or five because the Micah Potter really, again, we the reason we're talking about him a lot the most. You'll find out tonight is, why we're yeah, talking about him so the, much. Yeah, The impact, he totally just, he just totally changes the dynamic of the team. Right. And as he continues to get going and play more than 13 minutes when he's getting into the 22 minute range 24 26 consistently Mm -hmm. uh, it it could be a whole different game for Wisconsin but this one's massive because a he's not all the way back yet he's still getting eased in and b uh, it's at the Breslin Center and c Wisconsin is probably the best threat of the second place teams right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't disrespect Rutgers like that. Holy <laughs> you know, smokes! Rutgers, How dare you? Rutgers. Well, Michigan State is a tiebreaker over Rutgers, Illinois, and Minnesota, which are all the next teams. Yeah. And then it's uh, Wisconsin is in there as well. So to get that tiebreaker over Wisconsin, knowing you got to go to their place as well, and they're sort of improving every single day mm-hmm. uh, in terms of conference layout. <clears throat> Catch them while they're down. It's a it's a big one. Yeah, get them while they're down for sure. Love it. So, um, yeah, other than that, I don't know. Nothing crazy stands out. again. Wisconsin takes a lot of threes. Uh, if they're hitting them, yikes. They don't hit them particularly well. They're 172nd in the country in three-point percentage. So that is kind of, you know, again, slow it down, play good defense, don't allow any offensive rebounds, walk the ball up, shoot a three. Yep, Wisconsin basketball. <laughs> so, tales old as time. Yep, tales old as time. Uh, Bo Ryan may be gone. His spirit lives on. Sure does. That's gonna do it for us 
on today's episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. Send us in mailbag questions. We'll be back Monday. We're going to assess whatever happens. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's a victory Monday, but we'll recap this uh, Michigan State-Wisconsin game, go over any news from the weekend. Uh, I'd like to get into the Senior Bowl slash East-West Shrine Bowl stuff too as well starting next week because we got some MSU guys there. So we'll try to dip into that a bit because we got the Combine coming up soon and all that stuff is fun to uh, get into. And we will get back to the mailbag at some point next week as well. Thanks so much for listening all week long. Matt, take us home. If you see a gentleman tomorrow at Breslin Center stumbling around with Miller Light on his breath, uh, come pick me up, please. That would be much appreciated. Thanks. All right. Have a good weekend, guys.